I'm Shelton Mumgarner, and this is episode four of What's the Crack? Fighting Dirty. The United States is at a crossroads. We find ourselves wondering what our fate will be. On one hand, there is autocracy, and on the other hand, there is collapse. I like to think of myself as a patriot, and I like to think that all of us as citizens, given the opportunity, will rise to the occasion and do something about the tyrant that is working his way towards absolute power, or total control, as understand would suggest. Now, I'm a man of peace and a man of ideas, but I'm also good at abstract thought, strategic thought, and managing a crisis. And the first step, at least in my opinion, of any crisis is to acknowledge that there is a crisis, and we are in a crisis. Anyway, today in Trumplandia, we have the America First Health Plan that was introduced by the dear leader. It's really just the ACA with a thin veneer of propaganda on it. And it's, it's ironic that Trump would rebrand the ACA when he is actively working to destroy it at the Supreme Court. In fact, along with Ruby Wade, it probably will be ended very, very soon once he gets his fifth conservative vote. With all that in mind, let's go to the main topic at hand, fighting dirty. It is apparent to me that the Russians are going to hack directly into our election systems as part of a quid pro, quid pro quo with Donald Trump for his removal of one-third of our troops from Germany. To me, that is a near certainty, as near absolute event. So in all likelihood, uh, election night, or soon thereafter, mysteriously, Trump will win re-election at just, uh, in just about the same way he did in 2016. There will be a lot of gnashing of teeth on the part of Twitter liberals and talk of rebellion or civil war, but it'll all fade soon enough. And really, the only question will be, how bad is it going to get? And we all know it's going to get really bad. Of course, there's the possibility that we will discover the hacking at some point before the electors vote or soon enough after the electors vote that we were able to do something about it. But that is wishful thinking. It could be just a lot of people are going to get pushed out of windows and <laughs> in, the, in Russia and we will never, never know or not know until long after it's too late. And yet, in a flight of fancy, let's speculate that that is not what happens. Something else happens. And that something else is that Trump has to stage a coup. Now, I've discussed it before what that coup would be like, but let's, for, for a matter of review, what happens is, is amongst the, the bows in his quiver uh, would be the uh, getting the, the state legislatures of... Uh, MAGA-controlled states to not seat the people who have been rightfully uh, elected to be the electors to go to uh, this. I think it's to go to the con to go to Congress to be to, to have their votes certified. Now, the talk is that specifically they would like 
a point deranged, <laughs> you know, drinking the Kool-Aid MAGA, MAGA electors so that there would be no chance at all that they would change their mind. So, anyway, the point is that we're, we would be in for a pretty radical few months between election night and his swearing in, Trump's swearing in. And there would be lots of ups and downs and, you know, we lots of Twitter liberals would say boom and you know, there's the tweet and, you know, it would, it would just be sort of the whole scope of, of uh, the last four years that boiled down to three months. The same thing would happen. Trump would win. Now, that's a bit, bit uh, nihilistic of me. So let's play with that scenario and say, what if uh, Americans show some grit, show some grit and begin to protest? Extensively, in, in in South Korean levels, so much so that uh, Nancy Pelosi starts to get a little bit of a backbone, and she decides to fight dirty, to play dirty. And what she does is she uh, tells Trump in no uncertain terms that if he continues with the coup, he will be impeached. He and Pence will be impeached, uh, and then. You know, we go to the next step. Now, uh, I don't think that Trump would care because he, he's had no no uh, accountability for the last five years. So I think he would ignore it. Uh, so what would happen? What might happen is that she would, uh, the moment that he is the electors vote and he is uh, becomes president again, quote unquote president, and he. Uh, is sworn in at the same time she would uh well actually more careful more specifically she would step aside so biden could be the speaker of the house and then they the, the congress the democrats would uh impeach both trump and pence and it would go to the senate now this only works if the senate has flipped if it has not flipped then this is a moot point but if it has flipped then he, Trump and Pence get a nice, thorough, due process uh, trial with actual witnesses that would encompass everything that Trump and Pence have done in the last four years. Because we have them dead to rights when it comes to like Stormy Daniels, at least him, at least Trump. But we've not had, we've not had the political will to do anything about it. And of course, there will be the the Federalist and the and the you know National View and the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal that would say that Trump had been washed clean of his sins by the blood of the Lamb, i.e., e.g., the pop the the election, even though he stole it. But it is possible that American Americans would have enough grit that we would uh, press the issue, and that Trump, in fact, Trump, Trump and Pence would in fact be convicted by the Senate. In large part, I think probably out, probably out of desperation on the part of Republican senators, knowing that the whole thing was going to collapse anyway, and so might as well give it to give it to <laughs> to, to Biden to, to have to deal with. That's at least one scenario. So anyway, what happens then? Well, I think uh, I think uh, this is very speculative on my part, but probably uh, Trump would uh, abscond to somewhere like Alabama. And then we would have a, a, a revolution or a civil war or both. Now, the next step, the next thing uh, to think about is 
something that's kind of caught my imagination is the details, the specifics of that, of this, of, of this kind of era. How exactly would it work out? And I think one of the things that might happen would be the storming or the taking of Trump Tower. Now, that sounds completely ridiculous, and I do not want this to happen, but it is something to think about. It's kind of like the, the, the soft spot, a pressure point of House Trump, the most prized possession of House Trump, Trump Tower, in New York City. So it would make sense that, you know, if, if things began, if, if the country was beginning to collapse, which it, there is a chance that it might, that angry New Yorkers would simply storm the Bastille, if you, if you will. Uh, I don't know how that would work out. I do not want that to happen. I'm not suggesting it. I'm not advocating it. But it is an interesting thought experiment. But the thing is, it would, ha- it would work in the context of, and this is, I think this is the key thing that anybody that salivates at the concept of a revolution or a civil war needs to think about, and why I definitely don't want either one of those things to happen, I just want a liberal democracy, is that you know, things don't happen in a vacuum. You know, you, if, you, if you do something that angers the other side, they're going to do something in return. And it could get quite violent quite quickly. So it would be, New York would probably be a flashpoint. But I mean, there's so much I don't know and so much that would have to go wrong for Trump for me to even think that this could possibly happen. Uh, I don't don't honestly think it will. But uh, it's a very interesting uh, thing to think about. Now, uh, one thing that I think we really need to think about is that the blue states should come to that, and they would have pretty obvious war aims because of sort of a similar dynamic to the civil, the original civil war, in that, you know, only out of sheer desperation did, did Lincoln become an abolitionist because he gave him troops. And the same, thing, the same way with that, with what, with what might happen in the second civil war, or second revolution for that matter, is that uh, blue states would be able to tap into two uh, constituencies that otherwise the red states would not. African-American community, uh, they could say, well, we'll give you reparations in exchange for your help in destabilizing the South. And women, they could be conscripted, universal, universal unisex conscription. They would be conscripted in their, they would be given the, so some sort of promise of a codification of, a, of reproductive rights in a new constitution. Now that is all very fantastical, but it's an interesting thought experiment. Now, lastly, this is the last segment of this little podcast. Myself. Uh, I'm pretty good at abstract thought, I'm pretty good at strategic thinking, and I'm pretty good in crisis management. Now I say that in the context of, uh, it's not like I have an MBA or anything, but I am pretty good on an instinctive level, on an organic level of those things, I mean, better than some people. And I find myself thinking about my own fate. What if the worst happens? What if my dire predictions are come true? What will I do? Well, I think first and foremost, I'll just hunker down here in my, t- in my small town and try to make things better for the people around me. But if fate should intervene and I have to leave because of my politics, then I will head north. And probably about that, but by that point, a number of other people will be heading north from the south as well. And I want to go to New York City. I mean, 
that seems to be my destiny. If if the apocalypse comes, I need to go to New York City. Because I think I can actually help out and contribute something to the cause. But that is really very fantastical. That's that's really taking a, a fantastical idea and running with it. But I am writing a novel, so... And speaking of writing a novel, the novel's going quite well. I'm quite pleased. Um, and uh, it's just a matter of uh, doing the work. It's, it's a really interesting concept. I just wish that... I just hope my country doesn't collapse before I can finish it. Anyway, uh, I also, as always, need uh, a co-host. That would be nice. I need guests. That would be nice. And I need engagement. And by engagement, if you'd like this... Help me out. Share this. Retweet it. Talk about it. And, you know, I know that perhaps it's not as focused as it might otherwise be. But, you know, if I had someone to talk, someone to work with, maybe it would grow more, more focused. And I know it's probably not as newsy as it could be. But I do think I'm talking about interesting things. So in conclusion, this is Shelton Bumgarner. You've been listening to What's the Crack? And all I can say for the moment is, keep the faith, patriots. <laughs>